Area 941 podcast are produced and distributed by Community Powered 94.1 KPFA Radio. Please help support Area 941 at kpfa.org. I'm C.S. Song, KPFA's associate theater critic, and my guest in studio is Daryl V. Jones. He is the chair of the theater program at Cal State East Bay. He's a veteran actor and director, and he directs and he co-choreographed the current Aurora Theater Company production of The Royale, a play by Marco Ramirez, now at the Aurora Theater in Berkeley through December 10th. Welcome, Daryl, and this play, The Royale, was inspired by the life and times of Jack Johnson. Who was Jack Johnson? Jack Johnson was the first African-American heavyweight boxing champion, a title that he won in 1910. Uh, And Jack was a, a rather controversial figure. There's actually a play that was written about him in the 1970s called The Great White Hope that starred James Earl Jones and Jane Alexander. Uh, that one focused on his relationship. He had a penchant for uh, having relationships with white women, um, which at the time, in 1910, was unheard of. I mean, this was a time when African-American men were still being lynched daily throughout the South. And Jack Johnson was a man who lived by his own rules. He was a man who was truly true to himself. So he was the first African-American heavyweight boxing champion. He did this in the midst, he attained this in the midst of a great deal of racism being thrown at him. He was called, you know, the vicious black brute, nothing more than an animal. This was also when, at a time in our history when minstrelsy was the primary form of entertainment, of popular entertainment in this country, were the minstrel shows. And the minstrel shows were um, filled with caricatures and stereotypes um, that evolved during slavery and then were further evolved during Reconstruction to put fear of the African American in the minds of the predominant culture. And certainly the most insidious stereotype from that era that remains to this day is that of the vicious black brute, the one who is designed to rape white women and, and, and is threatening and carries switchblades and daggers and, and, is, and is just nothing more than an animal. So Jack Johnson faced daily in the news and, and you know, going on trains and hotels. He faced those kind of slurs and racist attacks constantly just for being a black man. Now, when you add onto that that he was also dating white women, um, he was truly a revolutionary, but he was considered dangerous by whites and blacks alike um, because he was upsetting the apple cart. He wasn't being a good Negro. He was being himself, and that that raised a lot of eyebrows at the time. So on July 4th, 1910, Jack Johnson boxed a white man named Jim Jeffries for the title. Jeffries was champion from 1899 to 1905. 
and Jeffries, am I correct, came out of retirement to box Jack Johnson. That's correct, yes. Um, and that took some convincing because Jack Johnson had to fight hundreds of men uh, prior to Jim Jeffries to, to convince the boxing world that he was worthy of the title. But most of the white boxers re refused to fight him because at that time they wanted to make sure that any heavyweight or any title was reserved strictly for the white men. And um, so for Jim Jeffries to come out of retirement, it also meant that he was, and the whole race, the whole race was going to possibly face the outcome of an African-American man beating him. And that would totally destroy the idea of the white supremacy, even the physical supremacy of whites over African-Americans. Now, prior to the Jeffries fight, he did have a fight in Australia. And I cannot remember that gentleman's name. but And he beat him in Australia. And actually, um, they had to turn off the cameras. They turned off the cameras and stopped filming because mm. they didn't want to acknowledge that he was actually winning. Uh, a lot of these fights actually were filmed, and they were sent around the country. Um, people would go to the movies to watch these fights, and uh, oftentimes his were not even shown in the southern movie theaters. Um, people were not ready for an African-American to defeat a white man at that point in time. The main character of this play, The Royale, at the Aurora Theater is a guy named Jay Jackson. He's got a nickname, Jay the Sport Jackson. How closely is Jay Jackson modeled on Jack Johnson? Pretty close, I would say. The play takes place in like the the, the months leading up to the fight with Jeffries. And that part, the the chronological order and the the situation itself and having the fight on July 4th, uh, that that's all factual. Where he departs a little bit is in the character of Jay Jackson. For instance, the play is called The Royale, and that's probably going to be one of your questions coming up. What is The Royale? <laughs> so I'm beating you to that. Um, <laughs> the, the Royale was a fight, a type of fight, that was created in the late 1800s where they would take African-American men and put them, about nine or ten men, they would blindfold them and they would put them in the boxing ring and they would have to fight blindfolded and whoever was left standing uh, was the winner and they would receive a little pittance of change or whatever. And, um, and they were, you know, they were largely, well, they were illegal, but that, that didn't matter. Um, uh, and they happened in all kinds of, they would happen in shipyards and, and, and all kinds of seedy places. Um, so Jack Johnson, the real Jack Johnson, actually fought in those. In this story, Jay actually hasn't. He learns about it from his trainer who had fought in one of those. Um, another bit of poetic license that the playwright takes is that it, the real Jack Johnson had two sisters. 
Um, in this one, he has one. And the way that he treats the sister in this um, is somewhat fictionalized. And there's not a lot I want to say about that because her role is very important. There's a surprise twist to it. So um, so that that's a little bit of um, the playwright's invention. But the story itself, you know, the situation, that's pretty accurate. Daryl V. Jones is his name. He directs and co-choreographs the current Aurora Theater Company production of The Royale, which has been extended through December 10th. It was written by Marco Ramirez. So a lot of this play has to do with what's going through the mind of the main character, Jay Jackson, the black, the African-American prize fighter. And he has a certain single-mindedness, doesn't he, toward kind of what he has to do in order to become the champion, in order to beat this white boxer who's being taken out of retirement to, you know, save the white world's understanding of of boxing and who who should be the champion in that arena. Can you tell us a little bit, I know you don't want to betray too much of the plot, but could you talk a little bit about um, what goes through his mind? What are the uh, conflicts that arise or maybe the nature of the conflict that arises in this character's mind and that generates a lot of suspense and, and tension and dynamism in the plot? Well, I think what goes through his mind, it probably also went through Jack Johnson's mind because some of this is based on what really happened. So what Jay starts to face in the plot of this play, which reveals the last few months leading up to the fight, is he starts to face fear. And when I first read the play, I also said, wow, this has incredible resonance today because whenever an African-American, in the traditionally when an African-American has gone beyond what the predominant culture believes that an African-American should do, there's always some kind of repercussion. Sometimes those repercussions have been violent. Other times they manifest in other ways. The parallel that I see today is that for eight years we had an African-American president, and all the time there was this anger that brewing underneath. And then when we had the election last year, we got to see um, that there was a repercussion. Um, that might be simplifying it you know, a bit, but um, that's how I saw it when I first read the play. So for Jay, what's revealed to him in the course of the play is that there are people that want to bring him down. There are people that want to stop him. And on another level, what's revealed to him is that if you do this, you are putting your fellow African-Americans' lives in danger because there will be repercussions. And there were. There were riots when Jack Johnson won. I know that at least uh, the number 20 is sticking in my mind. At least 20 people were killed across the country. So he has to deal with wanting 
to break the barrier at the same time, though, not wanting to endanger the lives of his loved ones and, and others. There's a famous quote that was said about him at the time, and I'm going to slaughter the quote, I'm sure, but it, it was something to the, to the effect of it's better for him to win and have there be casualties than for him to lose and not move the entire race forward. There is no actual head-to-head boxing in this play. What happens instead in the scenes that take place inside a boxing ring? Well, what happens instead? I wish I knew what happened in other productions instead because I've never seen any other productions. I've seen little bits and clips of them. But the thing is, Marco wrote in like the at the very beginning, as he's describing, you know, how the play should be. Um, he says the boxers never land blows, and then he sort of, in a funny way, he kind of writes, "You'll see." And I was like, for a long time, I was like, "I'm not really seeing. Um, <laughs> what do you? What should it be?" So because these fights that they have, they are psychological. What what he has done is when we are in the actual boxing matches themselves, we get to go inside of the heads of the fighters. And in order to establish that convention, there isn't any, it's not like you're going to see a, a Rocky movie or um, what was the one with I could have been a contender. Um, uh, anyway, it's not one, it's not like one of those where you're going to go and you're going to see you know boxing choreography and people getting punched in slow motion and everything. But we still had to establish a fight. And on top of establishing a fight, we had to establish that sometimes we're hearing the thoughts that are going on inside of the heads of the actors being spoken aloud. So the fights are set up so that they don't really face each other, but they are always sort of facing out. And occasionally within the fights at key moments, they do make that connection. But for the most part, they are facing towards the audience. Or, and, in the, and in the Aurora, it's three-quarter. So it's not like you're looking you know, in one direction. The audience is out there in front of you. The audience is all around you. So we've had to stylize the movement and stuff so it takes in all three sides of the audience. But... The other thing is, though, that, okay, well, if they're not boxing, then they've got to be doing some kind of movement that looks like boxing or that that somehow replicates the idea of landing blows. So that's what took me a, lo- a while to land on. Um, in my research, I kept looking at various types of movement, and eventually I just I said, you know, what is really ultra masculine and just and a lot of stomping and is just really brutal and aggressive and i landed on the step or stomp choreography that's been an african american tradition in the historically black colleges for years and so i started to borrow movement from that movement vocabulary to to physicalize the blows and then we and the stomping and the um and that's where we that's where we ended, and I it's it's very powerful. I I actually worked out a 
far better than I actually even imagined because it's just so percussive. And Marco brilliantly wrote these scenes like jazz. I mean, they are, they're rhythmic. He also wrote in that there are claps and these vocalizations that the actors do, these ha and ha 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 and all these claps and stuff. So there is this musicality in it, but of course it's not scored. So all of that scoring had to come from me and the actors and my co-choreographer, Joe Orach. Daryl V. Jones, chair of the theater program at Cal State East Bay, where he has directed several West Coast premieres of new plays. And he directs the current Aurora Theater Company production of a play called The Royale. It's written by Marco Ramirez. For tickets and more information about The Royale, you can call 510-843-4822. That's 510-843-4822. Or visit auroratheater.org. That's Aurora Theater with an R-E at the end of theater.org. So, you know... You're directing this play. You're directing a play about a man who is is torn, who feels certain pressures, certain inclinations. They don't always jibe. So how concretely did you approach your task uh, in terms of, of directing this kind of play? It's an unusual play. As you said, a lot of uh, percussion, a lot of boxing without boxing. What did you see as the, the challenges you had to overcome in order to, to put this play together and make it feel and be authentic? Well, one of the challenges, I suppose, was finding the right actors, particularly since the boxers in particular, that's a, that's a type. That's a very specific type. You need, we needed big men who looked like boxers, and who had also um, could act, and also had uh, some physical uh, dexterity and, and ability to learn the stylized movement. So casting the role of Jay and the role of Fish, the two boxers, that was challenging. Um, but we lucked out with Calvin Thompson in the role of Jay and Sachel Andre as Fish. It's interesting. I haven't done this in a while where I actually had to cast an actor from a video audition. That's done a lot these days, but it's it's always challenging because when you don't have the actor physically there in the room with you to redirect or to coach, you uh, have to rely a lot on recommendation and also on what you see in those videos. But uh, in this case, it worked out brilliantly. They're both doing incredible work. But I, and I do, I do want to say that it's not that there weren't African-American male actors in the Bay Area. Um, there were some. They were either not available or they just weren't quite the size that we needed hmm. um, for these roles. The other actors, um, they all are local and they're wonderful. Atim Udofia, from the moment she walked in the room, I knew that she was destined to be Jay's sister Nina in my production, Donald E. Lacey, who I've worked with several times before. He was my um, first choice for Winton. And Tim Niffin as Max, um, he too was, uh, he came in, he nailed the audition, and that was that. So the casting was challenging, at least for the boxers. Um, the other challenge, of course, was just 
there is so much happening in those boxing scenes. And then there's that conference scene, the press interview scene. There is so much stylized movement and rhythm and percussion that they have to physically do. Um, when you have multi-layered work like that, that's not just the acting, but then it also has this physical element, um, it takes time to put all that together. So, But we got there. They, I have never seen the cast work as hard as these folks did. Daryl, you've done a lot of acting with companies like the Lorraine Hansberry Theater, Theater Works, Arena Stage, and the Old Globe, but you've also directed many plays over the years. Which stand out in your memory? Over the years, I have directed many plays that deal with the African-American experience. For a while, I directed I call it a trilogy of plays about the African-American woman. I directed a play called We Are Your Sisters Off-Broadway, um, which won an Adelco Award for Outstanding Production, which was about slave women. And it was based on the narratives of these actual slaves. Um, I directed another play after that from the Mississippi Delta, which dealt with the life of Dr. Item Indesha uh, May Holland, who grew up in poverty in the Mississippi Delta and became a university professor and playwright. There was another play in that trilogy, which also was the beginning of my telling the story of African-American men and the injustices that befall upon them in this country. That play was called Everlasting Arms, and that was a play that was developed by a woman by the name of Rebecca Rice and we developed that play by actually interviewing African-American women who had lost their sons prematurely to gang violence or to police intervention because they fit the description. There's another play that I'm, I'm working on right now called Eastside's Table, which deals with that same subject of three young black men who fit the description and their lives were cut short unjustly. Um, it's unfortunate that I directed the first play in 1990, and now in 2017 or 2018, I will be directing a play that still deals with that same subject matter. But until something is done, when I'm called, I will tell that story until there's really significant change. Daryl V. Jones, veteran, director, and actor, chair of the theater program at Cal State East Bay. He is the director and co-choreographer of the current Aurora Theater Company production of The Royale by Marco Ramirez. It's been extended through December 10th. For tickets and more information, call 510-843-4822, 510-843-4822. Or visit auroratheater.org. The Aurora Theater is located in Berkeley at 2081 Addison Street. Daryl, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And I'm C.S. Song on Bay Area Theater for KPFA.